Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, if if you wasn't here last night, we were talking about the flowing of the Holy Ghost. And Pastor Harmon just come up and just sit, uh, solidified it and put a stamp on it. Uh, we are not to keep what we have inside of these four walls. Jesus said, go to the uttermost parts of the world. For us to keep this inside is a detriment to your community. Jesus does not want to be hid. Amen. Listen. Every time they put God in a box, he broke out. Every time. Every time. The last place they had him was about behind that big old curtain that only the high priest could go behind once a year with the blood from the sacrifice and all of that. I could not imagine going a whole year with sin and I have to wait for a day of atonement to get it off of me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They say that curtain was so thick that it would take horses or something to break it apart. But just before Jesus gave up the ghost, the Bible says, and the curtain, the barrier was rent from top to bottom. Now, all we have to do is go, Bishop, all we have to do now is go one step beyond the veil. And we're in the presence of Almighty God. We can't keep this to ourselves. We got to get out and tell somebody Jesus still saves. He still heals. He still delivers. He's still God. Amen. Uh, Sister Emery and I are just glad to uh, be here. I would have her say something, but. She told the gun, she'd shoot me. <laughs> Not the gun. She didn't tell the gun. But don't put it past her. I don't know. <laughs> so, but we're so glad to be here with your wife, with uh, Pastor and his wife and this church. We have a great attachment here. I'm um, just, I don't know. I'm, um, I think Gomer Pastor, I'm just glad to be here. Amen. Amen. I feel at home here. Amen. My intent is not to preach too long. I have a specific duty to do here today. Um, so how many is going to ride with me for just a little bit? Would you do that? Let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 1, verse 8. I want to thank your pastor and his wife for their friendship, fellowship, we get first-class treatment here. 
and we're just just honored to be with you guys. So it's, it's our honor to be here today. Uh, Paul writes to the church in Rome. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. He means the known world at his time, all right? For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that what uh, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers making requests if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you please pay close attention for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that ye might be established. So I want to preach to you today the impartation. Impartation. Paul says, I have, I want to see you so I can impart unto you some spiritual gift. Didn't say what the gift was. But what caught my eye was the word impart. In other words, it was something that was in him that he had to take out and give to them. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And he said that this that it would establish you or get you on a firm foundation, get you re, um, moving in the right direction. And uh, I want you to ride with me just a while. I want to talk to you about impartation. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Great songs. And let's give uh, Sister Wilbanks a, a hand. Amen. You know, uh, good music just don't happen. I'm telling you. Good. He didn't tell me to do it. He didn't. I know. Great choir, great musicians, but music just don't happen. Somebody has to have a heart for it, amen? Being a Roman, Paul had a special love for uh, what's it, decorum. You know, Paul had this mindset of a Roman soldier. And you'll read it in his writings when he's talking about the whole armor of God as he explains it. It is when you look at it in your mind, he's telling you the details of a Roman soldier's uh, attire, the shield of faith. That's, these are real things that Paul tagged it into a spiritual way. He had a heartfelt desire to go to Rome to visit them. And the purpose was to impart to them what he called a spiritual gift that he said that would establish their and confirm their faith in God. Somebody say amen. 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 To impart means to give, to grant. It is an act of giving or granting something. We must understand that life would be filled with many unpredictable things unexplainable things 
and unbelievable things. For this reason, David said, I would have fainted if I could not see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I am not willing to live my Christian life on what happened 20 years ago. I thank God for Azusa Street, but this ain't Azusa. I don't need a Azusa Street. I need something right here. Uh, I'm not, listen, listen to me. <clears throat> I'm not going backwards what God used to do. I'm looking forward what he's about to do. Don't get me wrong. I thank God for the upper room, but we're not there. I thank God for everything the apostles did, but they're dead. It's you and me now. Listen, we got to stand up. We got to stand up and walk into their role. I'm not saying you have to be an apostle, but every one of you in here has a role that God wants to put on you. You can witness, you can talk to people, you do Bible study, you can smile, I mean, smile and say hi. Don't quit hiding Jesus inside of you. Somebody said, friend, look at somebody, say, friend, let Jesus go. Let him out. When you're going out there in the world, when you in, in the in Walmart, put a smile on your face. I have never seen so many Pentecostals that look like their dog was dead and their car was drunk. They didn't walk around like, bro, if anybody ought to be shining. If any you don't want to hear what I got to If anybody ought to be busting out with them. It should have been an apostolic Pentecostal that's filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God did not give us the Holy Ghost to stay in here. He gets to shine it out wherever you go. You want to, hey, you want to blow some people's mind? You, you go in your place where you shop, where you eat, and with a big smile and say, God bless you. Well, well, they going to think I'm crazy. And it ain't like you ain't never uh, acted crazy before. Hello? You don't, you don't acted crazy before. You done been drunk and act crazy. I, if I could get drunk and act crazy and get high and act crazy and get mad and get crazy, come on, somebody, that I can sure tell somebody, God bless you in Jesus' name. I'll take that over the rest. So David said, I'm not, I would have just fainted if all I knew of God was behind me. But I'm looking forward, not what God did, but what he's about to do. Not back then, but right now. I'll say it again. 
I'm knowing God. I'm not going back to Azusa. I'm going to have my own Azusa right here. I want it. Oh, come on. I want God to show up right here. I want God to show up right here in Middleton. Not 40 years ago, not 50 years ago, not 200 years or 2,000 years ago. We serve a right now God. We have to unclog our spiritual ears. We have to remove everything that we can see, hear his voice. We got to get beyond the veil. Which the veil is the thing that covers your eyes so you cannot see. We need that veil lifted and see what God can really do. I don't have a problem with challenging God because I know he can meet the challenge. Peter and John was going to the temple and it was the hour of prayer. And they're, they're outcasts. They're not even allowed to go into that place, but they hung around the gate anyway. They, can you imagine that when you, was a, you got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, there was places you couldn't go, and they could not go into the temple. Uh, but they encountered a man there that was lame from his mother's womb. And he laid there daily begging for money. And Peter and John just looked at him. I'm assuming that they went there often. They probably had passed the man several times before. But something was different this day. Can I get an amen? As they going to the temple. The man does what the man does. Arms. Now, this is, this is where I get in trouble. The, the dude is lame from his legs and he's asking for arms. Okay, that, see, y'all don't have get no. Only a few people. I'll tell you after. I knew I was going to waste that joke. That was a good joke, by the way, you know. So Peter and John says to him, silver and gold have I none? Now watch here. Here's importation. But what I have, I will give it unto you. In the, in the name of Jesus. You're, you're, you're not helping me. I say you're not helping me. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And the Bible said when they picked him up, his leg popped in the. We may not have silver and gold, but we got a name above every name. I wish I had a preaching church up in there. I said, we got a name that's a every name. A name that can heal. And the man jumped up. He started running. He started shouting. And I can see him now. He's never walked before. So he's probably wriggling and waggling until he could. He didn't even know what gravity felt like. But all of these things come in the miraculous. I'm telling you, 
We got to quit hiding God. Let him out. Ephesians 4 and 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in all. Medically, and as, as far as uh, anatomy is concerned, these different parts of the human body and now relate to the function with another. The church is the body of Christ, having different functions for different members of the body. Same body, different body parts functioning together so the body is complete and moving are you in? if we were all eyes we would have no ears and so whatever part you play in the body is very important for the whole body to work together there is no such thing listen there's no such thing as one part of the body being more important than another. I need both of my eyes. If I lose one, I still got one, but I lose my depth perception. Every time we move, listen, every time we lose a member of the body, we lose something. If they take my gallbladder out, I'm going to lose something. I'm talking about the functionality of what the gallbladder does. If I lose the eye, I lose depth perception. If I lose the ear, I no more have surround hearing. What am I going to say? Every part of this body is essential to the working of this church. There is no small me and big no. Everybody, I uh, feel in the Holy, everybody in every part of the body is spit here for a reason. You have a reason to be here. You have a function to be here. God wants you to function in your place. I'm preaching to somebody there. That you keep hiding in the pew because you think you're not important. You're wrong. You're wrong. If you don't know where you fit, you go talk to your pastor. I guarantee you he got a, a work for you to do. If you lose your left baby toe, you're going to lose balance. If you lose your pinky, I'm telling you, we can't afford to lose anybody. God has set us in the body. Oh. You didn't just arrive here. God brought you here, birthed you here for a reason. Because militant is about, you guys are about to break forth in revival. And we're going to need every man and every woman and every, we need all hands on deck. If we work together, God has designed the body to work together in unity. Everybody say unity. 
Each member is a, has a particular function, design, and purpose. When you're not here, something is missing. Don't let the devil tell you that you're not important. Your voice is important here. When we're singing, we need your song. Well, I can't sing that well. Well, just sing. This ain't America uh, Most Wanted or what is it called? America, America Looking for Talent. Huh? Just sing. It's better to sing than being dead. You ain't dead, so sing. The dead can't praise him. You got life, praise him. Clap your hand. Stomp your feet. Come on, somebody. Open your mouth. Don't sit there like you're dead. You're not dead. You're alive. Make some noise in the house. With you not functioning, we're, if we're, and some of y'all think, oh, you know, they don't really need me. Well, why are you here then? Why'd you bring you here? You didn't come here on your own. God brought you here. And he brought you for a purpose. He wanted you to be a part of the body. Every cell, do you understand? Every cell in your body is, is, is uh, uh, an integral part of the all of the body. Your, your cellular structure breaks down, you go to the hospital. If a kidney go out, you got two. I'm not running to lose one. Now you only got one heart. You lose that and lights out, game's over. But you got two eyes, you lose one, you got two ears, you know, got two nostrils. Can't thank God you got one, one, one mouth. That's just too good. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you very much. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Every member of the body is important. Every cell of the body is important. Every position of the body. You are here for a reason. And your, your, your position in the church, you have to find out what it is and begin to function in that. Because you were designed to function where you're functioning in. Don't look for over here or over there and say, I wish I could do that. No, do what you do. They, they do what they do. Well, I, I, could, I wish I could play the place like the place, but I can't. I wish I could play the six years, but I can't. But there is something I can do. So Paul said, what you, get, what you find to do with your hands, do it with all of your heart. I'm going to do it all. If, if I'm a clapper, brother, you're going to hear me clapping louder than anybody else. If I'm a jumper, I'm going to be jumping higher than anybody else. If I'm a runner, I'm going to be running faster than anybody else. If I'm a shouter, I'm going to be shouting better. Everybody has, I wish somebody helped me today. Well, I'm a shouter. Well, then shout. I'm a runner. Well, then run. I'm a We need the whole body functioning as it was designed to function. Do not give the devil any kind of glory. 
Don't just sit there like you're blind, crippled, and crazy. Get up. I hate to be carnal, but uh, thank you, Mama. I don't know who said that. I know who said blessing Jesus. That's my. I know that was a mind on helping Jesus. He don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's just up there hollering and screaming, blessing Jesus. I got an old. Brand, I got an old friend. He's, he's dead now, but his name is James Brown. And James Brown would say, get up, get on up. Don't act like you ain't never heard who James Brown is. I know all you white folks think you, I don't think you know. No, you know who James Brown is. I know Elvis, you know James. All right, that's the way it is. When you get in here, don't just sit there. Get up. When the music starts, get up. Clap your hands. Do your dance. Round the aisles. Move your mouth. Don't just sit there. Come on, somebody. I'm part of the body of Christ. I got the function where I am. Are y'all with me now? It's about your position. Your position gives you authority. God has set every member in the body for a purpose. And then he gives that purpose the authority to operate right where they are. He said, the eye cannot be the mouth. Then there's no seeing. The mouth can be the eye or the ear. There's no hearing. Every part of the body is functional when it's functioning. Builds a spiritual network. And then we can begin to influence and have spiritual territory. Because we're moving together like a, 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 like a unit, all right? So we have like five campuses, but we operate like one body. Every member of the body, where we got some guys that said, hey, Pastor, I said, did you check with the other pastors? Well, we're all working together. All working together. Moving forward. I know it's a different concept, but if you, if you, if, if you start campuses or you start, you outgrow this place and you start planting churches all around, then each one of those churches are called regional places where your, um, your, your vision goes from a different place. Yes, sir. These regional places will take regional power. Yes, sir. Right here in this small town of, of Middleton, there are at least four regions, north, south, east, and west. If I tell you where is the bad part of town, you'll be able to tell me where it is because that's the angel, the fallen angel, that's over that region. You can tell me who all the drugs are because that's where that fallen angel, that's where the demon is that has jurisdiction in that region. What the church is supposed to do is invade 
the devil's territory. Now, now, just hold on, cause it's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna get complicated for some of y'all, but I'll make it simple. We can, again, you should have been here last night. We cannot stay in the side of these four walls. God is calling this church to have a a how can I say a jurisdiction over the whole county. That's gonna take us to understand that north, south, east, and west has a principality or power over it but the church has Jesus now listen very carefully so what we do we take dominion authority and power in these other regions and then we bring down the strong man we bring down the 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 principality of that region as we begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the, the church was never made to be stagnant. It was always made to take territory. I know some of this, we're not talking about land, okay? I'm talking about spiritual territory. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? In other words, we have to, this is the, if this is the only place we have influence, we're doing ourselves a great disfavor. We got to move into other neighborhoods and begin to affect the atmosphere and begin to, are you hearing what I'm saying? Change the mindset. Are you with me now? We do that. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We cannot do it from one location. I hope I'm not messing with You cannot do it from one location. You can have a little circle of influence, but that we have to go and down. listen. We're not taken back. So we sing songs like, I'm taking back what the enemy stole. No, he can have it. Because if it was anything that you wanted, you would have never let him stole it from you. You put it down, and he stole it. Why would you want to go and get something that your enemy stole from you? No, you didn't get it from him. You got it from him. So you get down and say, God, I, I let it go, but I need some more. Come on now. I used to be, I used to speak. Listen, I got a little bit of time left. I used to uh, do Bible studies. I don't do that no more. Well, go back and get the Bible. Tell God, God, renew me again. I don't want my old self back. I want to be renewed in the spirit of my mind. I want you to give me a new heart, some new eyes, some new ears, a new prayer life, a new shout, a new dance. I want somebody to jump on their feet right now. If you've been here for a long time, it's time for something new. I said it's time for a new dance. It's time for a new shout. It's time for a new vision. Somebody shout amen. amen. Said, Pastor, how is all this going to be? How, how do we do all of these? We're here on this anniversary to remind us that how long we've been here. 38 years. And up to this point, because 
of who your pastor is and the men that work with them and each one of them in the sound of my voice and all of those that catches this on a, a relayed or delayed deal is that if we work together, Pastor may come up with a vision. You may not understand what the vision is, but your understanding or lack of understanding does not preempt you from getting hold of the vision. And if you can see it, then I trust what you see. Y'all going to, I know. Moses is going, it says, hey, follow me. And they're following Moses and they get to the Red Sea. They begin to plan, they get to complaining. Moses said, don't worry, God's got this. Where is God? He's somewhere. Now, he's, he's, he can't go forward because he's dealing with the people that can't see. Don't worry about it. He's got the eyes. I can see it. Well, you led us this far. You led us for 48 years. I'll trust you 38 years. I'll trust you for a minute. If, Pastor, if you said we can do it, we can do it. If, we, if God said we can take it, we can take it. If God, uh, I wish somebody helped me now. We already have the tools. Prayer. Worship. Holy Ghost, preaching, deliverance, signs, wonders, miracles. None of that has changed. That's how we got here. That's why we're here. And that's why we can go on to the next level. I thought, I thought I'd be done preaching by now. We're like, we're like the fleas. They will only jump so far until their head hits. And then you can take the jar off. You can take the, the lid off. And they will only jump so far. They hit their heads so many times. Then they go just where their head don't hit. You can take them. You can go back 20 years later, they're still jumping if they're alive. That's what hell wants to do to y'all. You get to jump and, and then your head turns up and, well, I guess I respond. No, break the barrier. If all of us start jumping at the same time, I said if all of us start jumping at the same time, we'll crack that thing right. Come on up right there. Don't just leave it to the ministry. You got to jump. You got to jump. We got to jump. Come on and shout amen. I'm talking about impartation. I haven't even got to my sermon yet. This is the prep. I said, Lord, let him get to it. Bless God, I got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, I got to pray. The whole deal is that We've got to get there together. We've got to operate, as I was saying last night, in the overflow. 
uh, there must be an expectation uh, for there to be an impartation. Distractions will come. This is how you will know we're here. Distractions will come. Enemies will arise. Problems will come. Situations and circumstances will scream at your attention. Things will come to deplete you and to rob you of unction and virtue and anointing. That's how you know you're on the edge or on the precipice or on the, on the brink of a breakthrough. If you were not, then the enemy wouldn't even worry about you. He would say, don't worry about them. They ain't going nowhere. But we're going to tell him today, you don't know me that well. You think, I, I, wish, I wish I had some help in here. I want somebody to say, hey, the devil doesn't know me as well as he does. As well, he think you know me. I can feel it. I just don't know what it is. I can feel it, but I just don't know what it is. You know revival is there. When stuff starts breaking down, people start getting angry for no reason. Stuff just stopping, and it is to capture your attention off of what God is doing and replace it with the enemy is trying to rob from you. From the projects, we, we in the process, we, we, we were in some stuff, tactical stuff. Never let your enemy have the best hand over you. Even if, if you think he can whoop you, you make him believe, yeah, maybe. Maybe, but you sleep too much. And I don't sleep at all. I'll just, you know, you look at this, you go, it's like, that's not, I, I hate to tell you stuff, but cause my wife's going to get me for this. She's going, I sure is. So I had a cat pick me up. I'm on my tippy toes. Commenced to tell me how, how he's going to beat me. I was like, wow, that's pretty good. I'm in school. He knocked my ball. He bought, like, my books out of my hand. I'm just standing there looking at him like, Marvin Gaye again. Let's get it on. <laughs> so I looked at him and he says, oh, he said, I'm going to hit you and I'm going to knock you down and beat you up. I go, say, okay, that sounds pretty good. I said, um, do you think you can do that without knocking me in the floor? He's, he's looking at me like, what? I said, do you think you can do all of that without knocking me in the floor? And he's like, why? I said, because if you knock me in the floor and I get up, this won't be a really nice day for you. <laughs> He's looking at me like, what? I go, it's like, uh, the books in the floor is one thing. Me in the floor is another. And I said, if I get up, I will kill you. <laughs> Just like this. He said, do you have good sense? I said, Not, I said, not only will I kill you, I'll kill your mother, your daddy, all of your siblings. I, I hate retribution. So I'll burn your house down, kill everybody. He goes like, you can go. I said, thank you. He said, what did you do? 
I made him think I'm more crazier than you are. That's what you got to tell the devil. If you, who am I talking to? You got to tell the devil, I'm more crazier than you've ever seen me. You get to messing with me, I'll pray more. You, I go on a fast, I will beat you down like a bass drum. Some of you need to go, listen, quit being on the defense and get on the offense. Tell the devil, you ain't coming after me, I'm coming after you. I'm going to get my mama in church. I'm going to get my daddy in church. I'm, I wish somebody jump on your feet and say, it's revival time. David said, I would have totally fainted if I had not seen the works of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm not willing, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going, I'm, I'm, I'm just about finished. I am not willing to go around preaching everybody else's stories about what God did for them. If I'm going to preach, uh, teach a story, it's going to be what God did for me. And the God, same that God that did for them and did for me will do the same thing for you. But you have to make up your mind. It's for God I live, it's for God I die. High times, low times, end times, out times, sick, not sick, rain, no rain, I don't care. I've made up in my mind, this is it. Listen, when you do that, the devil starts backing off of you because the, you're crazy to him. And you're unpredictable. He doesn't know what you're able to do. A natural flow of proportions and wealth and daily personal devi uh, de uh, devotion will help develop a relationship with God. What your pastor did last night for some of you is he's going to make some altars. Is that right? Yes. Going to build altars. And we want you to come and get these altars and set them up in your home. This is a ceremonial altar. You come here two or three days out of a week. What are you doing with the other time? Are you worshiping something else? Or is your worship here? You need an altar in your home. Can I have a fight? Okay. This is a commercial break from, from the sermon. The altar is a portal. It is a supernatural portal where angels ascend and descend. How do I know that? Jacob is running for his life. He stops at a place because it's night. What he didn't know is Abraham, his grandfather, had built an altar. Only thing left was an altar with some stones. Yes, and he fell asleep there. And he dreamed. And there he saw a ladder. We talk about Jacob's ladder. That was actually Abraham's ladder, but he used it. 
and the angels were going up and coming down. What does that mean? Angels come down with what they need for the day. The angels going up was getting off duty. The angels coming down was to do duty. And so they were coming down to answer the prayers that everybody was praying in that day. And these cats were getting off duty. Do you understand? Y'all look at me like you never read your Bible. This is in your Bible. I read from the Rick James, but you can read it in the King James, all right? It's right there. Angels ascending and descending. They go back up to get new duties coming down. This one's coming down for the day. Are you with me now? So altars in your home will bring angelic visitations. We have, all, we have angels in our house. Some of y'all looking, like, looking at me like I'm crazy. I used to be an addict. I'm not an addict anymore. Oh, I can see y'all don't have angels in your home. But what do you got in there? Because something is filling the void. If you don't have the right portal, then the wrong angel is coming in your house. I'm going to mess with some of you. You better watch. You better watch what's coming through your computer. Even in the off button, is still... When you cut your cell phone off, it ain't off. It's still. You got a digital television. When you cut it off, it's still. Y'all better wake up. Are you listening now? So we have a we have a portal in our house where angels goes up and down. My wife goes up. Honey, something wrong. What's going on, baby? There's a light. Yeah, I know it's a light in the. a. You see a little swishing up, up by the front door. Yeah, I said, oh yeah, at the back door. Well, what's going on? I said, the the swishing you see in the front. That's the angel protecting the front of the house. And the other one checks the back of the house. And then there's a big one that walks around. Do not mess with her. I'm just telling you. Her angel is 10 feet tall. I saw him. He's looking at me like, he's looking at me like, I'm like, why you looking at me like, man? I'm good. I'm cool. Got nothing but love for you, baby. And he comes in. He ducks his head. He can't get in the door. He stands up. His head is brushing the ceiling. And he looks at me. He says, uh, without moving his mouth, he goes like, you can see me. I didn't say that to him. I said, mm, he's gone. I don't need the police. I am the police. I got angels. I, my angel is right here, right now. I know some of y'all. You know what's funny? Everybody believes in devils, but nobody believes in angels. Whoa, whoa. No, that's not the funny part. A devil is an angel. He just got kicked out. So I don't know how you can believe in one and not believe in the other. Idiot. 
All right. Come on, Sister Wall. Uh, sis, come on. Give us some, give us some hope. Yeah, because when, when she starts playing, that means he's finished. <laughs> Maybe. So, we got this young preacher. His name is Elijah. He sees this old man, this prophet Elijah, on top of Mount Carmel, take on 800 prophets of Jezebel. They prayed from the morning to the evening. Nothing happened. Elijah goes and digs a trench around a broken down altar. Are y'all listening to me? Yes, sir. And he repairs the altar. And I want to talk just a little bit about repairing your altars in your homes where there is a constant flow of angelic beings coming into your house. And so as they're doing this, <laughs> Elijah takes the most precious thing of that day, which was 12 barrels of water in the middle of a three-and-a-half-year drought. Water was more expensive than gold. And he pours it over the sacrifice and over the altar and calls fire down from heaven and then calls rain to put the fire out. As he's passing through a field, he runs into another man by the name of Elisha. And Elijah sees Elijah walking through his field. He could tell by the swag, that's the dude right there. Because all Israel was on top of my camel, and this cat was up there. And he sees this old prophet coming. And as he's coming, Elijah takes the mantle, and he unceremoniously takes the mantle. And just does this, drapes it over, takes the mantle back and keeps the rock. That was it. Elijah stops and runs after him. He said, what were you? Elijah was a lot like my pastor. What are you doing here? I don't even like you. Get away from me. (laughs) He goes back, slays the oxen, breaks everything, throws it all away. And starts following this cat until they get to another portal called the Jordan River. He said, why do you call it a portal? Because every time they stepped there, the water would stand up. I, I don't know what Bible y'all read. I read the Holy Bible. When that man, when that old man's foot touched the border of the Jordan River, the water stood didn't run that way. It stand up and he walked across on dry land. In the days of Jesus, guess what river he was baptized in? You can say Jordan because you would be right. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's my best Elvis right there. 
Is it a coincidence that when Jesus stepped in the Jordan, the heavens were open? It's a portal. The second thing happens, voices start talking. This is my beloved son, I'm going to praise I don't know what you're waiting on. I'm a drug addict and I can see this. You've been in church all your life, you've never seen this? The Red Sea stopped and parted for the angels. Do you not, do you not understand this? And he said, after they go several places, he goes like, what is it with you? What do I have to do to get rid of you? You're on my nerves. Yes, the kid goes like, hey, that's your nerves. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Yes, Not your power of his spirit. He says, you're asking the hard thing. You know what? He wasn't asking for he was asking for an impartation of what God had put inside of him yes, sir. to come inside of him. Yes, sir. And he says, you're asking for something. He said, if you're there, you'll get it. Let me tell you what he wasn't asking for. That was the mantle. He never asked for it. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. What makes you, you? Come on. Listen. He didn't ask for a mantle. I'm going to get in trouble. But they give you a towel at a conference and tell you that's a mantle. It's a towel. I'm sorry. It's a towel. A mantle comes from a man that you follow, that you prayed with, that you fought with. Come on, somebody. When every time Elijah tried to run away from that, old, that young cat, he goes like, you can't leave me. I'm going to be there. He goes, get away. He would never go away. Some of you get uh, discouraged too easy. If you want a mantle, you got to follow all the way up until they're taken up. I may only be talking about a couple of guys in here, a couple of ladies in here, but you need to understand something. A mantle comes by a little thing called impartation. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You have to serve for it. So, bitch, I want you to come. Can anybody else play the keyboards? Nobody else? All right. I need you. Just throw him on the six string. He, he can do it on the six string. Just want y'all to stand here. We're going to do something today. This is not, you don't have to do it at all. I can tell you this is what God told me to do. I want you to listen very carefully. This is a brand new handkerchief they gave me today, so there's none of my boogers or snotting on there. These guys are like, I'm glad to hear that, you know. 
speak that. Is what's going to happen. To get his vision, to see what he sees, to feel the vision that he has, you have to impart it into him. Yes, sir. You, I can't do it. Yes, sir. But you can do it. Yes, sir. He says, if you see me, yeah. the angel had to tell Elijah, give the kid the manna. Elijah was a lot like my pastor. Yes, sir. Give the kid a man. When he went back, he smoked the Jordan River and imparted. The 50 sons of the prophet, 25 in one cave, 25 in another, were looking on. And they said, it's Elijah. The kid walked away looking like him, walking like him. They couldn't tell the difference because of the impartation. Wow. Impartation is a part of you yeah. and a part of him yeah. getting into them. Yeah. Yes, sir. And when that does, they'll see your vision. Yes, sir. I come today to challenge you to get an impartation from this man of his spirit and the spirit of God what God wants to do in this congregation. You will never see it from his eyes until he imparts that vision to you. That's why when, when, when uh, Elijah the young cat got there at the river, he said, where is the God of Elijah? I been told I preach just like my just like my daddy my pastor was a white man he didn't even know nothing about the projects my wife goes like Elder Bill came to town today you know why he imparted stuff into me I wear his mantle because I serve we prayed together we did everything I did whatever he asked me to do, I did it. And that earned me. I paid for it. Yes, An impartation of that old man's spirit. Yes, Y'all understand what I'm saying? Everybody stand. I don't know how to do this. We don't have time for me to have everybody walk around. But I do want young ministers, if you're striving for the ministry, and you're in here today, I want you to get your wife if you're married. If you're not married, just come yourself. I want you to come around over here on this side, would you please? On the piano side, please. Come down quickly, quickly, quickly. Youth pastors, Okay, so if you're here and you have, you feel God drawing you to be better, get more, step up a little bit, or calling you to ministry, or calling you, and you want to feel, you want to see, you want to understand, 
what this is all about. I'm asking you to come quickly over here. Quickly. As he comes by, he's probably going to just lay the mantle on the shoulder of the man. That's because you guys are one. So when he gets it, you get it. When he gets it, all this. Do you understand? In other words, I'm going to be crucified for lunch. So I can't let you go. And so we're not going to uh, labor it. Then we're going to walk by. But before we do, I want every hand raised. Every on right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as this ministry and this church comes by, let a double portion come on somebody, raise your hand now. I need the church to start praying with that. I'm causing a double portion of your spirit, his spirit, his vision, your vision for this church. Be solidified in one vision, one power. Chateau, come on, come on, would you, would you raise your hands and raise your voice right now very loud. Come on. Come on, church, help me pray. Come on, come on, come on. Open your mouth. Come on, if you want it, hey, if you want it, you better open your mouth. You can't get it. You won't get it if you're deaf and dumb. Come on, open your mouth. Come on. All right, so let's come. He, they're gonna, come on, right? Everybody, let's keep it clean. Come on. This is an impartation. If you want to see the vision, if you want to see the vision, come on right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, see the vision right now. Come on, on. I give myself away. We pray today that this word has blessed you, minister to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.